any of you like have, have any of you piloted a boat before? You know, right? I is really, that the right word? Yeah, um, and yes, but only once. And my God, they should not have let me. Um, <laughs> listeners, earlier this week, I was uh, moonlighting as a uh, shipping boat captain, and uh, <laughs> after using my GPS to show off to uh, my my uh, first mate. Um, the fact that I could draw a giant dick pic, uh, before, you know, trying to go into the Suez Canal and, uh, they really should not have let me do that. They, we had a a few too many, uh, mimosas that morning and, uh, I don't, I kid, but I I don't understand how, (laughs) why did it go in sideways? It's a question. Many people have asked over many years because they were trying to <laughs> do the reasons. they were trying to do the jizz that comes yeah. off the end of the dick, <laughs> right? And they wanted it to be like a like coming out of it because the dick curves to the left, right? Uh huh. Or the right? Typically, depends. They go to the, they go to the yeah. left, right? I think um, it's like it's northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere thing. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like a left-handed, right-handed thing. Oh, oh okay. I think it also has something to do with whether or not Jupiter is in your fifth house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So yeah, it's a it's it's a big boat caught in a little canal. Yeah, yeah. W- w- is this the 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 Vice article that we got here? Yeah, the cargo ship uh, drew a giant dick pic in the ocean, then got stuck in the Suez Canal and just before blocking there. one of the. <laughs> yes, it is, and it's been what uh, a week now. Yeah, I think it was Tuesday that that happened. So I I, I I put this article in there on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this will be a funny thing. And no, everyone will be like, oh, man, I missed that. that this Remember week. when that happened? That was funny. And, but no, now that, that this stupid boat has like interrupted like 15, like 10 to 15 percent of all global trade. Billions yeah. of dollars have been yeah. lost because yeah. of this fucking boat. Did you guys yeah. see the meme that had like a an image of the continent of Africa and it was like all these boats backed up in the Suez Canal and then all these other boats going around the Horn of Africa and it was like reject modernity embrace tradition (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. there's got to be like some some like Madagascar pirates that are like ships are on them back on the menu boys (laughs) 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 yeah they're sitting ducks out there Man, I wonder how much just like human effort has been wasted by like this one fuck up. Like all of those people on all of those ships, all of the rescue efforts that they're going to try and do. And it's a pretty complicated problem because the thing's full of fucking oil. And so they can't like blow it risk up. It. Yeah, they can't risk it. They can't blow it up and they can't like risk it cracking. So they need to like slowly excavate all of the material that currently like has it wedged. Yeah, and so yeah, new new meme format just dropped, where it's got the the big old uh, evergreen uh, ever given. It's got yeah. two names yeah. written on it, so it's a little confusing. But yeah, the evergreen ever given um, being some you know giant problem like climate change, and then it's got you know a backhoe. The backhoe is like recycling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to answer your to give you an actual answer to your question of why it was sideways, Chris. Um, the the chairman of the Suez Canal Authority says that strong wind and dust storms had caused bad visibility, which caused mm. the ship to run aground. 
I ran, you asked David earlier if any of us had ever piloted a boat. And I don't actually know if that's the right word. Maybe it, it is. I think it is. But yeah. I, I piloted a sailboat uh, once. It was back when my my dad briefly had one. And I ran it aground. And nice. boy, howdy, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I feel, I really feel for the captain of this this cargo ship because like <laughs> you just feel bad and like you know for me my dad had just like only given me temporary control of the wheel is that what it's called wow i don't know Stern? anything about boats uh, yeah i don't know you know Mast, the, cap- the wheel uh, player one <laughs> <Right>. the player <laughs> one controller <laughs> <laughs> and i hadn't been at it for more than like three or four minutes when i ran us aground so you know it happens best of luck to uh to the giant dick cargo ship yeah the ever given um got ever yeah. got <laughs> this seems like <laughs> a problem that they should have like solved somehow like you know like why why it's a straight line like why are they <laughs> why do they have to have visibility to like be able to do that like you'd think that they're there'd be like i don't know with the age of gps and like wi-fi and all of this like radio technology we have like an autopilot like when you're in the canal that just makes you go in the right direction this this fuck up i think i was about to say this even before you said this chris but it just it, but it's, that's a really good point is that like this really just shows how little innovation has been done in like the last i don't know 20 30 50 years that like we don't actually we haven't actually solved a lot of really important problems and like we're still just like like the container like the 20 by 40 foot container shipping container mm-hmm. on a diesel powered a boat is is like a now like 50 year old technology mm-hmm. and uh we haven't done anything to it since well if it ain't broke you know i mean that's but what i was gonna broke, say clearly i imagine <laughs> well yeah but the, how, i mean I, like what like massive is something like 80 to 90 percent of the goods that travel around the world travel on these ships and when's mm-hmm. the last time you ever heard of anything like this happening well, like, so, yeah. Yeah, but, but they, it, they leak all the time. They do, they do fall apart. They they do fall over sometimes. And yeah. we do have like these massive inefficiencies, ma- mainly due to the fact that like, uh, uh, you know, China makes everything and then everyone else takes everything. And so, what you actually have are these. So these shipping containers, uh, uh, uh are usually flying around or not flying, but you know, like going around the the world empty. <laughs> Like they're empty. Like a lot of the time, these gigantic boats are carrying nothing back to China, so that there are just uh, shipping containers in the right place, so that they can then fill them back up and move them again. It's incredibly inefficient. Like it is actually pretty inefficient. Like there's lots of things that we could do to make this uh, cheap, even even cheaper, uh, faster, and easier. But we just we just don't. And 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 it's. I think it is also very weird that like. Elon Musk is talking about like how we're going to have self-driving cars in two years every year. It's still two years away. And it's like, if you can't get like this ship to go straight in the Suez Canal, like how are you going to have like millions of cars going 60 miles an hour? Like yeah, not Elon. into each other. <laughs> like, like these are the, like the technology is very useful for lots of different things, and we can't yeah. even get it for this stupid ship. Like that's 
That's well, so you, dumb. <laughs> I mean, you've made your criticisms about self-driving cars and all the reasons that they won't work. And it seems to me that it would all of that would hold the same, if not even more so, for letting this ship just like like techno babble its way through the Suez Canal without human error. Like, well, what we need is captures that show you the edge <laughs> of a canal, and so <laughs> it's like it's like click where you see dirt, and you, you whenever you see dirt, you click it. And Where then, is the shallow water? <laughs> and then it's just like a bunch of squares. <laughs> but we we were joking earlier off mic um, uh, about how, how like how wildly dangerous driving is, and the fact that like um, I, I ride a motorcycle, and like being on a highway or really anywhere with like cars on a motorcycle is like just insanely scary and dangerous <laughs> because people are like really fallible and they're in control like physically of these thousands of pounds of extremely fast steel and like there are catastrophes being constantly averted every time you're on the highway by people who are like only semi penny paying attention and like that's fucking crazy that like cars exist and they're being like driven by people who are like daydreaming or thinking about work stress and like that's just all traffic yeah and then when you think about that on the global stage of like you know 15 percent of global trade just like stopped because like one person like fucked up like it's pretty <laughs> wild that like that doesn't happen all the fucking time you know like with the u.s uh navy constantly is crashing into uh chinese container ships just because like they're relying way too much on like gps that like the chinese don't use and um, it, it, it's it's really embarrassing. Like in the middle of the night, like this U.S. Navy warship that will just like smash into a, a, a Chinese container ship and like nearly capsize and need to be rescued. And that's happened like twice in the last 10 years. It would be like if I just accidentally ran into like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like, how did you miss that? <laughs> how did you do that? Didn't see you there. It was, it was dark. It was dark. Yeah. We, we, we were playing Parcheesi. <laughs> Right. Uh, so uh, hope ho- hope they get out of that boat, or hope they get that boat out. You imagine if like you ordered an Xbox and it was on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys know about this? Have we talked about this at all? Like how the Xboxes are just completely on—you uh, can't get one. Same thing with like the PlayStation Five. Yeah, I, thought, I knew the PlayStation. I didn't know that about the Xbox though. Yeah, it's because the, the, they're they're all stuck on that ship. It it well, it actually has to do with the global chip shortage oh. because uh, Silicon yeah. Valley uh, got so ravaged by COVID that they like went to partial production, and so this has fucked up so much of the global economy, including most of the um, modern uh, vehicle manufacturers. They've had to like stop production because they can't get like the microchips for their you know cars and shit. Um, and so like Xboxes and uh, Playstations are being uh, manufactured at like a third of the rate that they were intending to do it. And um, essentially as soon as any store anywhere gets stock, it sells out within about 10 seconds. Oh my God. And so there's all these bots online that are like buying up all these like Xbox series X's and PlayStation fives. So you can get one, but you have to pay almost twice MSRP, like by going to these like websites where people like scalpers essentially have like, automated the purchasing process of like all these things that go to like actual box stores so it's really fucking (laughs) crazy but like it's it's sort of like covid it's a little bit like covid it's like everyone's you know uh 
demand is not the the limiting factor you know right, like you, right. if you wanted a vaccine like you sort of have to jump through some hoops um uh but double I don't know. msrp yeah, yeah. It, it was like here, here right so like this is this is what i, I i'm i'm driving at he's also like a, another big part of the reason why you know stuff's on back order all over the place is because of the shipping containers they're all in the wrong place because mm-hmm. like they, they actually keep a there's like this graph that shows like how mm-hmm. many are supposed to be in China and how many are supposed to be usually at the port of Los Angeles. And, and, you know, there's, there's always like surpluses and, and shortages every once in a while, but it's pretty cyclical, like it goes up and down. Uh, and now it's just like completely out of whack because, uh, uh, shipping got disrupted. And so now like there's like 20% of the shipping containers that should be in the right place, uh, uh, than, than normal. Um, but, uh, the, like the fact that, we can very easily and quickly make something that automatically buys Xboxes and doubles their price, right? Like that technology we have ready and any, almost anyone can implement it as soon as they want. But we, we don't have any fucking technology to like make the chips uh, uh, without human need and then like take that surplus value and distribute it equitably i don't know that i i I know this is maybe a tired point but it's just like so fucking enervating that all of our innovation of like the last 30 so years is like how to scalp people (laughs) (laughs) yeah here's a technology that uh works waiting lists Bring back waiting lists. Like there's nowhere you you can't get on a waiting list for a PlayStation. You can't get on a waiting list for an Xbox. Can't get on a waiting list for most of the vaccine if you like live in like eighty percent of the countries in the world. Yeah, because because everything has been turned into like the like at the last minute like no uh, inventory uh, shipping model, right? And so like yeah, there's no waiting list. There's no any. I, I don't know. It's like it's so dumb. And because I, frankly, I think like a lot of these companies like that their product is so in demand that they get headlines about how it's selling at like a, like a four hundred dollar uh, hobbled computer is being sold for a thousand. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand console gaming anyway. Yeah, at all. Yeah. You never you never played like N sixty four. You don't have yeah. that nostalgia mind virus. Yeah, sure, but now I have a computer that does everything. So yeah, I just use that. I'm not like a PC master race person or anything. Like I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say, but I just don't. I don't know. Like having a separate, whole separate console for. I can tell you. Yeah, I can tell you why I want it. Uh, because I got into a bunch of games on the Xbox One, but they had extremely long loading times, and I died all the time because I was really bad at them or played them on too hard of a difficulty. So like three quarters of my experience was just sitting at a loading screen. And so I'm like sitting there just waiting for it to yeah, come back. On an, and on a console. And yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so. But the, uh, the new ones um, are fast and don't have like almost any loading time. So uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's why I, I, I want to, you know, it's probably just cause I'm a woman, you know, let's <laughs> yeah, just, let's just probably, go yeah. ahead and say it. It's cause I'm, you know, yeah, you don't know any ladies. Am I right? Ladies. So is this guy going to be a celebrity? The guy that crashed this this boat, right? He should, if he knew. I, I hope so. I, I mean, if he gets fired from like being a ship captain, right? <laughs> He's got to find yeah, a new I, job. He <laughs> <laughs> could be like you know, like next season of The Bachelor. Is yeah, like the Dancing with the Stars disrupted global <laughs> shipping. You know? Yeah.
Yeah, for real. I don't even know his name, which I think is weird, right? Shouldn't we all it's, know this? Shouldn't this captain's name be a household name? Yeah. I mean, do you think there's any chance that the uh, the the dick pic uh, GPS thing was accidental? I have no idea. Can, like, can we make that chode, the uh, episode? Right? Like can we make like... that the episode art? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. The, yeah. It, the dick is kind of like a chode, so like I don't know if like he just didn't want to go that far off course just for this joke, yeah. or if like that's like a, maybe a holding pattern that they go in because then it's like, <laughs> they just press the dick button. Yeah, it's just a dick button. <laughs> go into dick mode. <laughs> just oh, draws man. dick. All right, do we want to do this uh, Excelsior pass? Excelsior. Yeah. Story? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. This is like so dystopian to me. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, uh, the the none other than the um, the journal Nature, right? Like the journal about like health and science, and you know, like what is objectively good and bad, has a uh, article. It's a listicle, really, because they have like a public facing thing, not just like the the academic peer review journal. They have like a public facing thing that says like. 10 reasons why COVID immunity passports are a bad idea. So, of course, someone gave a little bit of ziti to... (laughs) David, this kind of anti-Italian racism cannot stand on this podcast. Imagine saying that in a room with an Italian person. (laughs) That was one of the comments on the uh, Well, There's Your Problem crossover episode on... On YouTube. <laughs> Imagine if you would said this to Ask yourself if you would say that in a room with an Italian person. <laughs> so it looks David them. is the yeah. most Italian person I know. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Stick, stick your dick in the manicotti, all right? Get, get, get over it. Uh, so, of course, Governor Cuomo gets a taste of the ziti and announces on March 2nd, Governor Cuomo announces pilot program testing the Excelsior Pass at Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center, which is basically a COVID immunity passport. To like go see nice. the Nets, <laughs> like you're gonna like oh, yeah. you're gonna curtail like uh like like human liberty to go see the Nets. Like that's how this starts. <laughs> Well, th- this was yeah. after they had tabled his uh, vaccine quilt, where he was going to take like <laughs> viable vaccine uh, doses <laughs> and sew them into like a big, you know, backdrop for yeah. his, you know, address uh, videos. I I, w- I went on the highway, went on the Taconic, and I took all the road signs off, and I made this beautiful collage out of them. <laughs> And now a bunch of people crashing on the Taconic, but look, I made some beautiful art. Mom, love me, please. <laughs> so can so we talk you... about why this is a bad thing? Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a bad thing. It sounds fine. Just like, uh, you know, only allow people who don't, who aren't immunocompromised to enjoy life. Like, what's, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah. Well, well f- actually, first, I, I just want to say like you know in the in the big font right on the new york state website um it's it says after you know 
initial phase of pilot successful during Brooklyn Nets game at Barclays Center. This is like some North Korea shit. Uh, Excelsior Pass will be tested again during New York Rangers game on March 2nd at Madison Square Garden. And then like further down, it goes developed in partnership with IBM. So it's just, you know, it gives you a shout out to IBM there. Some some free press to IBM. Uh, And then, but yeah, here's, here's why it's, it's bad. We should do like a, like, I don't know, like the new rule music or like, I don't know, something from late night TV, you know, like. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top 10. But okay, here's the top 10 reasons why this is a terrible idea. Uh, first one, COVID-19 immunity is still a mystery. We don't know, like, we don't know how, how effective our vaccines are. And then like this, this nature article, I should say, is written before mass vaccination happened. This was this was written back in May of 2020. Yeah, so but maybe of, some of these have been filled in. But yeah, yeah. So some of this might still not may not be a problem anymore, but a lot of it still is. And one is that COVID nineteen immunity is still a mystery. We don't know like why some people get long long haul COVID. We don't know why some people don't get it twice. Why uh, and 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 we it's still not completely clear how much like uh, um, the vaccines prevent uh, you know transmission. You know, like you don't get sick, but you might be a carrier for someone else. Like it seems very mm-hmm. unlikely, but we still don't know. And it seems like a lot to the last numbers I saw were like eighty yeah. percent of vaccinated people will not be carriers. That's one in five people. So if you have a thousands Barclays of Center. people yeah. in Barclay Center, like anyway, yeah, yeah. right, right, and the, like that—that's the thing is that in like that's why all of your all this health regulation. All the, all the, like the stuff that the CDC puts out is like if you have a small group party at your house, these things are fine, right? Because that's when like eighty percent is like a, a decent number. But when you yeah, get acceptable to like risk, yeah, yeah. But when you get to like a stadium of thirty thousand people where everyone is like chanting and screaming, like yeah, no, they, they do, don't, do that. Don't do just, that. Just, just, just you know, it's just real quick. Like I never realized how disgusting humans were until I had to think about <laughs> under what circumstances spit comes out of their mouth, and now I'm just horrified to ever be in a big room of people again because I'm just yeah. no, I'm just breathing in your spit for however long we're here. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're just also, constantly covered in if each you, saliva. Yeah, if, if you ever smell a fart, bio aerosols yep. going into your lungs. Yeah, just there's saying. Poop, there, yep, there is poop in your mouth Ooh. now. A little bit. <laughs> David came into my enclosed <laughs> soundproof studio the other day and just farted and left. He just farted David. and left. He left me in a very small box with no ventilation with his fart. I can't fucking I'm, believe that. I'm going to try you at the Hague, David. <laughs> <laughs> the use of bio weapons is uh, banned in the crime Geneva of, uh, Convention. Crime of war, act of war, yeah. Crime yeah. against humanity, whatever it is. Okay. It's a damn shame. That's what it is. Yeah. So this serological tests are unreliable. And as far as I know, this is still true, right? Yeah. So this is the next one is that like, just in general, we can actually combine the next two, which is just like, there aren't enough tests. And the tests that we do have that are easily like scalable, aren't uh, uh, accurate enough. Like there are tests that are really, really accurate. But like, those are the tests that like, 
important, beautiful people like Rudy Giuliani get. <laughs> you, know, yeah. like, you know, like we we don't get those sorts of tests, right? And yeah. and so like you, so if you're um if you want the immunity passport to be like you got a vaccine and you tested negative, like that negative test ha- likely has a worse like ratio or like w- worse a uh, um false positive or false negative really um rate yeah. than than the vaccine has a effective rate so yeah it, yeah and and so you know the, just it's totally impractical like the amount of uh resources that you're bringing to marshall to you know have a basketball game full of a stadium full of people it would how much would this cost like if you were to try yeah. like you know serum test everybody ahead of time for this excelsior pass like would you need to constantly retest them like every couple months? Right. And we'll, we'll get it. We're going to get into like the, the problems of like the, the issues of like personal liberty and privacy in a minute. But also like there's also, you know, you get tested, you get the result. And then like you walk to the Barclays Center and someone sneezes on you. Like it, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like you could the time between getting tested and then like going to the thing that you were allowed into, like that's shit can still happen or spit yeah. can still happen to you. Right. Um, <laughs> and then uh, this, this is just like now this headline is, or like, like these sorts of sentences I've become numb to, but it, just for a second, like it, it, it hit me that this is like a really dis- deeply disturbing thing to, to, to write and then read. Too few survivors to boost the economy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really, like, dark. <laughs> yeah, the pr- uh, I'm going to read now. The proportion of individuals known to have recovered from COVID-19 varies widely in different populations. Reports from hotspots in Germany and the United States suggest some locations could have recovery rates between 14 and 30%. In New York State, for example where 3,000 people were tested at random in grocery shops and other public locations, 14.9% had antibodies against COVID-19. But these seem to be Mm. the exception. In an April press conference, the WHO estimated that only 2 to 3% of the global population had recovered from the virus, right? So, like, if you want to rely on just, like, the herd immunity, and, like, oh, we'll all get it, and then, like, we'll we'll be fine, we can just, like, you know, credentialize ourselves for whether or not you got it and now have antibodies like that's like a genocide levels of people dying for for the herd immunity hypothesis yeah yeah and just it says you know a cafe can't open and serve customers without risk if only a fraction of its staff are certified as immune yeah makes sense and in a shop, and then the next sentence sentence is a shop can't turn a profit if only a minuscule proportion of customers are allowed to enter. Right, so it's like it's like the yeah. number. It's not like we're, we're about to get to all of the like privacy issues, which you mm-hmm. could, which you know, like you could have like different. You know, your politics could could weigh different things more or less, but. But the fact is that, like, just the numbers on all this stuff of how the virus presently works just doesn't, is incompatible with the idea of an immunity passport. It just doesn't, mm. the technology isn't there. It's just not. And, and, yeah. and, 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 and still, it, it, it just kind of isn't. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, you know it's, it's like false sense of security. Um, so now we turn to, like, all the stuff about 
monitoring, who gets monitored, and uh, and how that eventually uh, turns into a, a dystopian security state because of mission creep. Mm. Uh, and we can sort of, I, I guess, sort of like wrap this up by put because they they all sort of. Uh, uh, mesh together like they're all sort of the mm-hmm. same problem broken out so that you get the nice even number 10 that makes it very clickable <laughs> but you know <laughs> yeah, but so you got mo- monitoring it erodes privacy basically the idea that like y- you're gonna have uh this stuff tracked to you um and you know database and searchable and know your locations your travel history uh your medical history um that marginalized groups will face more scrutiny because America um, and probably most other places in the world. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that like this is going to, you know, obviously result in profiling in a, a certain uh, locations and contexts. Um, then unfair access, which is to say, like, there's a shortage of resources, you know, in terms of testing as well as, you know, vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, all, all of the same. We haven't solved really any of like the social stratification problems, and so the those uh you know, like get reified or, or become intensified with the COVID pandemic. And so once you add another like this really like hard layer of security of like you either do or don't have this COVID pass, this Excelsior pass, you're just you you're just like just really reinforced existing power hierarchies. And we, and, and and you're like yeah, of course the United States is going to have like a hard time with this, but we can even see even worse cases uh, in places that have higher levels of trust with their government. So like, especially, you know, this is especially going to be a problem where you have migrant labor. So in, Mm. so in the, the UAE, in Singapore, in the Philippines and in um, uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia and the United States, right? If we, you have this issue of uh people temporarily moving to a place for work and they get exploited in all sorts of really horrific ways uh just normally right but with a covid pass system right you um this is exactly what happens in singapore and we'll just we don't have to be uh abstract here this is what happens currently in singapore is that if you are a non-native right which is uh, very likely, if you're working in, say, construction, right, in Singapore, you uh, you uh, get brought in by a company from, like, uh, Malaysia or the Philippines or something like that, and uh, you get put in a dormitory. You are not allowed to leave that dormitory. The dormitory doesn't have healthcare facilities. You live sometimes, like, a dozen to a room with uh, uh, communal uh, toilet facilities. You are uh, held there under armed guard. Uh, you are required to carry around a uh, Bluetooth tracking device that uh, monitors where, uh, and it has a GPS unit. So, like, it determines where you are, who you've come into contact with. Uh, it tells it directly to that government, which then has a relationship to the co- the private company that brought you over there, who is responsible for uh, knowing where you are at all times. You are uh, uh, shipped and shuttled back and forth in a van uh, to the construction site and then come back. That is the only time you're allowed to ever leave your your dormitory. You you know, the food is given to you, right? Like you're obviously completely unfree. And this is all 
and it was never a good situation, but now because of COVID, it, it like has this imprimatur of like public health, you know? And like, that's, and and in the rest of Singapore, you know, they, they have an opt in system called trace together, which is basically the same thing, but you're like, it's an option. And, and, but it does also like, you know, it's a thing where like you, you scan a QR code when you go into a building and it keeps track of a lot of people, but a lot of people feel comfortable doing that in Singapore because the Singaporean government is like gives you lots of stuff and they currently have like have that relationship with them already. And there's a high standard of living. And so people are willing to like give up more freedoms because like they're just sort of like, you know, part of this dominating system right so it's like it kind of makes sense but like you know the people that they rely on to feed them and build their buildings like are are in these like work camps you know and like and like that's that's what that's what we do with farming in the united states it's what we that's what saudi arabia and uae do for construction and and service industry too so it's like it's really uh, you know like something like qatar is like the the actual people the citizens that live there are the minority like the majority of people who live in qatar are like non-citizens it's a slave state holy shit you know (laughs) (laughs) and and, and these like sort of like covid passports are just like these new ways of under the guise of public health like really securing and biometric identifying like who gets to go where and and even to take it to like you know america say you're a middle class american or whatever and you, you know you're not um, uh, in a slave state and you you now have this like passport thing this digital record that you know lets you know your last immunity test or whatever have you do you think that's ever going to go away like we're going to get more you know uh pandemics and we're going to get more types of uh things and it can just now become sort of a de facto um you know all encompassing biological passport of tomorrow yeah right and, yeah i mean know, that's where the mission tr- tr- uh, creep comes in right where it's like i don't know do you cre- want these things to go away you know? yeah and it creates infrastructure for all for now all kinds of uh mm-hmm. like protocols or requirements that that can even extend beyond health now it can be like are you up to date on your taxes like are you Uh currently gainfully employed in a way that uh is recognized by the mainstream economy like it there it i mean like like all of these do you have a history of mental illness yeah do you have a yeah exactly like you could have cops that have heads up displays with you know augmented reality that literally shows you what drugs you're on like a cop's just like, oh, this person has blankety blank. Like, you know, yeah. like. And I mean, like all of the tech to do these things already exists. The question is, do we want to welcome a system that accelerates that process with open arms simply because we're living under the circumstances of a pandemic? And I guess, like, is a Rangers game worth that? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, is, yeah, it, yeah. is it worth it? So that some like fucking Staten Islanders can go to a Rangers game, I don't really think so. Yeah, well, um, you know, in in it, it feeds into the whole like subscriber city idea, right? That like if it works at the Rangers game, then it can work at all of these various cafes because you know yeah. it, it, people now it can works be in like, Soho, now it works in the Upper East Side, now it works in parts of Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean. You know, and there's another thing that I'll just throw out there that's not, I think, being thought about very much at all, which is that we're seeing all of these cases of people forging 
vaccination certificates. Um, mm. Nurses. For the dating profiles. Uh, and like nurses going on social media and saying that they're selling blank COVID vaccination certificates. Oh, shit. And yeah. Um, and so this kind of policy will only encourage more forgery of COVID vaccination certificates if it means that if if people are closed off from doing things that are open to the public only if they have a, vac- a vaccination, then you're going to see a massive underground economy of selling these forgeries. And so that in and of it and then not not to mention the fact that now immunocompromised people who can't get the vaccine are left out of you know like just yet one more fucking thing in society that folks can't do if they are immunocompromised and unable to get the vaccination so it's just let's just not have big indoor sporting events for a while can we just wait until like we have it under control before we start having these events and then you don't have to come up with some elab- I, I understand that it's like, well, the economy, the economy, like that's the the um, driving force behind this argument that things have to go back to normal. And the only way we can do that is with some fucking app and a QR code. But like it just it just wait, like just stop just yeah, stop you, trying to do it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's like I heard of this technology like way back when we when the pandemic was just starting, I heard there was like actually this really old technology that could be really, really helpful in this. It's called staying the fuck home. It was just, it was just like, stay the fuck home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, 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 I get it though. For like two I get weeks, it. We could have like broken the chain yeah. and it would have been done. I, I, yeah, I completely, uh, yeah. I'm, but I understand why people want to not, it fucking sucks for a whole year to have blinked by and like, to have like no significant, you know, events. You know, for a lot of people, just like the same four walls, the same, you know, kind of like just waiting for. Yeah, things it to fucking get sucks. I haven't seen my parents in almost two years. It really yeah. sucks. Yeah. yeah. Like I was supposed to go see them last spring because it had been a long time since I saw them and mm-hmm. I couldn't. It fucking sucks. A lot of things suck. I had to go to a friend's wedding on Zoom. It fucking sucked. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I understand like yeah. that it's but guess what? Like. Suck it up. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're all sad. We're all lonely. I put, on yeah. fucking, I put on fucking it, 30 pounds over the course of the pandemic. It, it sucks. I get it. it and, w- you know, we, we had talked uh, with, on our last episode with Indy about the way the vaccine rollout is happening on a global scale and, like, how many countries are just being completely left out in the cold. And I can imagine that, like, if this technology starts spreading, where if you can prove that you've recovered, like, you have the what was it the seriology or whatever like the serum um that shows you have the antibodies then that can create a perverse incentive for people to just go get sick yeah like with yeah. the chicken with the chicken pox or something you know um because suddenly that becomes your access to employment is like purposefully mm-hmm. getting this you know potentially lethal and extremely contagious disease um yeah like people so playing like, like russian roulette just to like you know at the for the possibility of getting their labor exploited you know yeah it's it, it's bad it's bad but uh you know was was it, that's the new york motto right excelsior <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean excelsior it's the sword that um that, yeah. uh, that's excalibur. Prince Arthur. <laughs> that is excalibur what's excelsior uh it, it was the class of ship that sulu uh captained 
um, and was apparently shown it, in, in, in Star we are Trek. Not gonna, we are 3, not good at this. The search for Spock. <laughs> uh, apparently, it translated in English, uh, it means ever upward. That's dumb. So, very horny. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a it's a, it's basically a motto for uh, 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 um, uh, unsustainable global capitalism, right? It's just like line go up. Our our the New York motto is line go up. Ever, ever <laughs> just like line go up. Uh, yeah, you got to excelsior that capitalism. Yeah, you really do excelsior the Nasdaq. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Everything's good broken. And, and I, I should say when, when I when I yelled "Stay the fuck home," the point it, it wasn't like "Stay home all year." The point is that if we had just like locked down very early on and a, a really hard, we could have like really significantly like saved hundreds of thousands of lives. And today we would have uh, we'd be in a much better position to vaccinate the rest of everyone, and it yeah. would go down. Like, that's the issue. It's not that, like, I want everyone to stay home all year. It was that we could have just stayed home for a little while, and then we could have actually gone back to normal a lot fucking faster. But guess what? We can always make that decision again. Yeah. Like, the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The second best time (laughs) is today. Like, we could make that decision right now, and the effect would still be exactly the fucking same. Actually, yeah. I don't think it would be. It gets it gets harder every single time because you have m- the seed condition, right? Like how many people are sick gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> so, like if we had done it way at the beginning, you know, you'd have it would it would yeah. But if nobody comes in contact so with each other for two weeks, it's over. Like yeah. that's it. No matter how many people have it, yeah, that's yeah. it. Because that's the uh, nature of a virus spreading. Now, th- th- this technology of being able to like do like super high resolution um, uh, contact tracing and stuff is interesting because it's making its way into workplaces. Like, I've got a new job going back to my old job at uh, Ecovative. We're going to be making some meat replacements out of uh, fungi, and one of the things that I have to do uh, there is wear one of these little pendants, and it basically tracks like my location down to like you know, a couple inches or whatever. And it lets me know when I'm within six feet of someone else. And it, uh, so if anybody gets sick of COVID, it, the contract tracing is like highly accurate. It like tells you exactly how far away from someone you've been for a certain amount of time. And it like automatically flags people to like mandatorily have to stay home. And hmm. that's pretty cool. And I, you know, going into that workplace, like, basically am voluntarily being like yeah i'm yeah i'm willing to do that uh because it makes sense within the context mm-hmm. of like trying to uh make sure that we all keep each other like healthy but it's a very opt-in kind of thing you know as far as like the um the the business uh was concerned you know it wasn't like yeah. this was rolled out to an entire society uh regardless of any of the circumstances like you know so that they could participate at all which was like actually kind of the problem with how any of those things worked, right? Because like all these different countries rolled out and states in the United States, right? Like rolled out all these um, opt-in uh, contact tracing systems, right? Because you mm-hmm. can get one on your phone here in New York that like will tell you it keeps track of whether you've been six feet of someone, and then if one of them gets COVID and reports it, it will notify everyone that's been within six feet of you. But you have to get adoption rates upwards of like 60 to 80 percent 
for mm-hmm. any, for that to work, right? Make a difference, yeah. Yeah, and um, not a single government on the entire fucking planet was able to reach that. Through, yeah, just a voluntary app yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, all, uh, all that doesn't, just doesn't work if it's opt-in. And it also rarely grabs the people that are most um, vulnerable, right? The elderly and the poor mm. are the ones that aren't going to have a cell phone. So mm. they're not, or at least a smartphone. So like, it's not going to work for them. So want to uh, refocus on some uh, depressing local news updates? Absolutely. Do I ever. <laughs> So we talked, I don't know, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, maybe, about the case of uh, Chastity Morin, who's a Trojan mother to a young son and um, a nurse. And she was exposed to coronavirus. She had to do a mandatory uh, quarantine, obviously. And she missed work. um, And so she wasn't able to pay her rent. And she told her landlord that she wasn't going to be able to pay rent. She could pay it in something like two weeks later. And she's got this weird fucking lease that I have never heard of this kind of lease in my life, which is basically that um, a lease agreement. So on May 27th last year, she signed a lease agreement for one year at a total cost of $15,720. And the agreement allowed Morin to pay monthly installments of $1,320, quote, for tenant's convenience only. The agreement said, if tenant defaults, landlord may give notice to tenant that tenant may no longer pay rent in installments. The entire rent for the remaining part of the term will then be due and payable. Wow, that is such a weird stipulation. What kind of a lease is that? I I don't I don't know. I've never heard of a lease that like you would pay like you're given the option to pay month by month. That's how a lease is, and, and right? I'm, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and I'm, I, I'm sure this is uh, totally a, a coincidence, a little quinky dink that uh, the landlord Michael Ginsburg is a lawyer, and he is a very prominent lawyer in the city that has connections to. Uh, higher ups in city government and uh, the judiciary at, uh, in the county. And so, like, it's almost like if you have those contacts, you can make these weird as fuck tenant agreements and, and know how, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in August, um, oh, okay. So, Chastity worked at a nursing home. I'm sorry, it wasn't a hospital and was exposed to COVID 19 in August. And um, then on September 15th, when she was still not able to pay her monthly rent, Ginsburg notified her that per their lease agreement, the, quote, convenience of paying the rent in monthly installments was being revoked. And so he, uh, he sought $13,100 in damage and damages from the court, um, filed a complaint. And, um, you know, he, he insists that that was not an eviction. Yeah, sure. No, it's technically not an eviction if you demand $13,000 from someone to stay in their homes. Uh, hey, David, I just wanted to let you know that um, you now, if you want to continue living in our home, uh, you owe me $100,000. I'm not kicking you out or anything, but I just yeah. wanted to let you know that real quick. You have the option of paying me $100,000. We're just, you know, two individuals meeting in the marketplace making an exchange you know just signing yeah. a mutually beneficial contract together that's all we're doing yeah your convenience uh, of paying the bills monthly has been revoked 
yeah right. that that privilege um is no longer uh, viable in this economic yeah. arrangement but like really to underscore it here right like it is illegal to evict people in new york you know most of the country right is a mor- eviction moratorium and mm-hmm. he is claiming that he is not in violation of the eviction moratorium because all he asked for was $13,100. Yeah. And if she can't pay that, then she's in breach of contract. And he can just like threaten her because like she's a, a, a certified nursing assistant. Like she, like she's not a lawyer. And, and who, how can you pay attention to all the different like, uh, Times Union articles, you know, or, or you know, like newspaper articles, all the time that are like the eviction moratorium is running out, and then like at the last second they're like, oh, actually we extended it, or like now you have to fill out a form. Like it's impossible to keep track of like whether or not you're allowed to stay in your house or not. You don't. Well, know and there rights. was also like a confrontation that yeah. happened outside of her apartment building, and if I remember the original story correctly, there was like a couple of other people involved, and things were starting to get heated, and so. Um, Chastity just wanting to get out of the situation said like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll just leave. I'll leave. Um, not wanting the cops to be called or not wanting things to like escalate beyond what they already have. And so that fact is what, uh, Ginsburg has said means that it's not an eviction because she offered to leave voluntarily. So he changed the locks on big, the big scare quotes around voluntarily. Yeah. Voluntarily. Yeah. Um, changed the locks on the outside of the door. Uh, Chastity wasn't able to get the rest of her things. And now a judge has decided in favor of Ginsburg. Not only that, but they awarded him like $270. A little fucking um, amount of money, yeah. Because he was, based on evidence that he was entitled to clean the apartment to rent it again. So, you know, now Chastity is doing fine. Um, according to her lawyer, she is back working as a nursing assistant on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic, providing for herself and her son, and has put this incredibly difficult ordeal behind her. You know, the people that we clapped for at yeah. a certain time every so often. Till we like flew fighter jets in the sky and shit for them. Yeah. So it's, you know, a pretty, uh, it's a pretty sad ending to the story. It really would have been nice if Chastity could have received some damages for what, for the, you know, pain and suffering that she experienced, you know, being kicked out of her apartment in the middle of a fucking pandemic, like having to sleep on her neighbor's couches and her friend's couches with her children, with her young son. Yeah. 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 So Michael Ginsburg's law office is at 22 First Street in Troy. If you ever want to drop by and say hi. You just want just to, you know, say hi. I'll r- Maybe and, bring him and, some soup for his family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, another update. Um, we had talked about um, in the past with the Troy Police Reform and Reinvention Collaborative. You know, a collaborative, a noun. Um, <laughs> that, so... If listeners uh, hadn't heard that episode that we went into this, um, uh, I mean, listeners probably know about the whole Edson Thevenin uh, police murder and the cover-up and the march uh, in Troy where 11,000 people in a city of 50,000 showed up to uh, basically say, you know, that they wanted police accountability and reform. And um, instead, they got a panel of mostly cops 
and cop wives and cop sympathizers to uh, adjudicate that there, in fact, is no racial bias within the Troy police and that essentially um, their work here is done. Um, and so they released a uh, how many page uh, memo? 30, or, or, it was like 35 or something, yeah. including like four There's a pages lot of blank that were pages. intentionally <laughs> left blank. <laughs> Like, so this like was actually contest. spurred. This wasn't even spurred by the protest, though. This was uh, Cuomo in his executive order required all local governments to undertake a review of uh, community needs provided by their local police department and to evaluate uh, current policies and practices. So that's actually what caused this the prick, as we've been lovingly calling it. Um, it wasn't even like, I mean, I'm sure the pro, maybe the protest helped, although you would think if it did, they would have put some more fucking friendlies on the, um, or maybe like fewer cop friendlies, more us friendlies on the yeah, yeah. Com- committee, colla- the, collaborative. the collaborative. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the noun, yeah. <laughs> So I thought it could be fun to just go through their recommendations. I mean, like most of it is what you would expect it to be. This is a great uh, this is a great paragraph, though. Scope of policing. Over the past several decades, policy decisions on the state and federal levels have had consequences, which by design or oversight were not adequately accounted for and have fallen to police departments across the country to deal with. OK, let, let me just stop you right there. So you're saying that because the feds have uh, required better care for our most vulnerable populations in even just the slightest fucking way. Oh, and now the cops are so overworked. We have so much stuff to do. <laughs> it has been said that to be a police officer today requires the combined skills of an athlete, a psychologist, a U.N. <laughs> diplomat, a social worker, a criminologist, a big brother or big sister. Thank you for making thank you for uh, recognizing gender equality, a legal Mm -hmm. expert, a linguist and a field medic. We expect great deafness from our officers. One moment showing tenderness and understanding to a traumatized child and the next deploying force to protect innocence from injury and bring lawbreakers to justice. We demand that they make instantaneous decisions when people are at their most threatening and their most vulnerable moments. Give me a fucking break, man. Like. First, oh my god go look at the average troy police officer and tell me they're an athlete (laughs) (laughs) look me in the eyes and call them an athlete yo they're a motherfucking operator like (laughs) (laughs) they know they know like seven ways of of killing you before you even hit the ground like (laughs) they've they've been training in asia like Like, the next line in this fucking report is, are these expectations realistic? Are there tasks that can come off their plate? Communities across the country are looking at these questions, and our conversations reflect this community's similar concerns. It's like, motherfucker, like, who who is saying that you need to be a UN diplomat? Like, who is saying that? Was there, like, anybody in the street of those 11,000 people that said, we need cops to be more UN diplomats? Like, was- <laughs> And a, a field linguist. medic? Like, no, we need more that's what linguist we cops. Like, you know, here's what they're complaining about at the end of the day. Uh, let's just go down the line. Uh, you want me to be able to run? You want me to be able to understand people? 
You want me to be able to deal with conflict? You want me to care about how other what other people need? You want me to solve crimes? You want me to be your big brother or big sister? That one doesn't even need translating. That's just hilarious. Yeah. You yeah. want me to know the law? You want me to know languages? You want me to be able to give you a Band-Aid for your boo-boo? Like, these are, like, that's... We gotta do forensics? <laughs> that's just... It's I just have to ridiculous. be an empathetic human being? Go fuck yourself. <sighs> and we should say, like, the out of the whole report, right, um, the word race or racism shows up exactly once. Yeah. Once. And they just say, but society is racist. That's essentially what they say yes. about race. They're like, it, it's a veiled, like, how can we be expected to solve racism when race is a part of society? Well, There's well this never... is the same shit that David Bissimer said when I was like, hey, you actively covered up for a police murder. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry I didn't solve racism. I'm sorry I didn't solve all of the racism in all of Troy. Like, whoa, you know? It's like, whoa, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird defensiveness. So there were a couple of people here from like community groups um, like Renee Powell, who's the president of the Troy NAACP branch. Um, Justin Ralph, who's the who's a, in the um, Remo Revealed Ministries. But like most of them are the YWCA you know, uh, director, the YWCA. Yeah, um, the executive director of Unity House. But, like, who else? You have the mayor, the deputy mayor, the chief of police, the deputy chief of police, the Rensselaer County DA, uh, Carmela Mantello, our, our absolute fave, city council president, Ken Zalewski, yeah, who's, who's who showed up wearing, like, pajamas. Is, yeah, Carmela Mantello, who, uh, whose nephew is the um, uh, president of the Police Benevolent Association. Yeah. Yep. Um, who else? And the, and the uh, DA is married to an Albany uh, police detective. Yep. And so, also, like, you know. li- like w- right before that, the the collaborative convened, uh, collaborated. <laughs> D. A. Donnelly had just finished giving protesters a restraining order against Michael Ginsburg. Like, like Wait, she didn't what? have to do that. Yeah, and, and it, it, like, like she went out of her way to demand that while not, um, uh, defending, uh, Chastity Morin. Like, like the, the, like she picks who, you know, like cases and it's very clear who she sides with. Like, she's not interested in like helping people. Yeah. And she's a Democrat. She's a Democrat. (laughs) This is so depressing. So let's go ahead and get to the recommendations and the, uh, yeah, the recommendations are pretty good. The, I, I do want to say one thing about the process real fast is that oh, yeah. like, all we of should this talk happened, about the process. Yeah. So like this happened all over Zoom. Understandable. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to address the collaborative, you had to you wanted to address these pricks. You had there was like a very <laughs> short window. Yeah. Like two hour window. Yeah. There was like a, a two or three hour window where you could sign up to uh, give a, to ask a question that you would be given three minutes. Or you didn't, couldn't even ask a question. You could just make a statement, and yes. they would not respond to you. They did not, yes. and they did not answer anything. Any yeah. of the any of the yeah. hardball questions at all. Yeah. Did not acknowledge yeah. that they were like even brought up at these meetings. Yeah. So so you you have uh, so it's three minutes that you get to say something. They will unmute you. Uh, no video, 
and you just like say your piece and then they mute you immediately back and they always would give like a one minute warning um uh when you were coming close so which had the effect of like this sad white lady like telling angry people like like as they're saying like this is what a cop did to me they'll she'll interrupt them and go one minute <laughs> and like so like that that was how the public was able to address this this collaborative and um and then and that was completely separate from uh uh registering for the zoom meeting itself which was a completely different form uh sign up form so which had the effect of people um signing up to speak and then then not being able to get into the zoom meeting and uh, then they would they say in the meeting worked. oh we had so and so but they're not here yeah as if like oh they you know they just wanted to like care. rant and they don't actually want to show up and do anything despite yeah. the fact that it was actually the process that resulted in a, in a lot of that what you should have been able to do was register for the event and in that registration say question. what you want to say yeah. like opt in to speak up yeah but and the fact it, that they would just after all these people had spoken they would just then have their own fucking conversation about whatever the hell they were going to talk about regardless anyway, of what anybody yeah. else said it was so demoralizing and so insulting to the people of this city i thought yeah and you know the times union uh to their credit pointed out exactly how mayor madden has been covering up for the murder of edson thevenin and this is now like a documented basic reality for anybody who's like paying attention. And the motherfucker who's behind this cover up hand selected all of the people for this reimagining collaborative, including as well. Like there is a, a, a separate uh, body like that uh, was created, which was also hand selected by the mayor, which was, you know, some type of like community review board that has absolutely no power. Yeah. And who doesn't meet? Like, they don't have any power, and they don't seem to be meeting. (laughs) And I also want to say, like, you know, it's not even just, like, this one. Like, there are many, many instances of extreme police brutality on the part of the Troy Police Department in the last few years. Like, this is not, like, a one-off, like, oops, we killed somebody, and now we don't want anybody to talk about it anymore. Like, this is a structural, like, systemic problem in the Troy Police Department. We're a small city, so, you know, it's not like there are news reports coming out every day of somebody being murdered by the cops, but Mm -hmm. they are a fucking menace on the city. They are incredibly racist. They harass almost entirely black people in this city. Um, And it's, you know, it's... uh, it's really just I can't say how disappointing it is that this is the result of all of those conversations that have been happening the last few months. Like, like this, this city is uh, less than 50,000 people. OK, and we have like a 150 person police department, which is actually on the high end of normal of the size of a police department in the United States, which is ridi- which is ridiculous. Um, but um, according to the police department's own records. Over the last 10 years, even though black people make up something like, I think, 15, 12 to 15% of the population, according to the police's own records, half, half of everyone arrested in the last 10 years has been black. Hmm. And almost none of their cops are black. Yes. And one one of them that is black is suing them for lots of money because even Um. he had a bunch of racist shit happen to him yeah oh super bad yeah, yeah that was christopher johnson right yeah yes and oh and in the the pr in the prick uh one of the pricks 
um, uh, my our, our council member, Brittany and I's council member, Ken, Ken Zalewski, um, said in like the first meeting, he's like, you know, uh, we had a lot of good like community outreach. I remember working closely with Sergeant John with like uh, Officer Johnson in the schools talking about like, you know, how to reach out to the youth. Like, why don't we do that more often? <laughs> yeah. I was like, because he's suing the fucking city because you're too racist to like let even let a black person be a police officer. And by the way, your fellow prick, like uh 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 um uh Owens, Chief Owens, like look went over uh, like looked him over for a promotion. Like yeah, and, and Chief Owens in why. the defense of the department said we have no systematic racism in TPD because none of our racism is enshrined in black and white coded uh like you know a handbook policy society like, yeah, like it doesn't say in the handbook especially beat up black people so how could we be racist yeah. how show me in the handbook where it says be racist especially yeah, sh- beat up black sh- people show me in the handbook where it says as soon as one of our black officers enters a room we all just stop talking and like pretend like we weren't doing anything <laughs> which is what is something that officer yeah. owen yeah uh, has alleged or uh, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Johnson, Austin, yeah, Johnson, yeah. All right, let's go to the recommendations. Yeah. Oh, recommendation doozy. one. Some doozy recommendation. Continue to engage with Khalil Jameson Consulting Group to identify <laughs> and remove barriers to better outcomes for policing in all of our communities. Step one, give more money to the <laughs> company that is running these meetings and make yeah. the report. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just keep giving money to a private consulting group because why not? That's the first step of solving any problem. Yeah. Yeah. Pay consultants a ton of money. Yeah, especially consultants that are doing this great work. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Recommendation two. I actually kind of like this one. Develop a web-based complaint form with plain language instructions and a description of the process so that the public understands how the process works and what to expect. Yeah, it's better than trying to ask a cop for a complaint form that he isn't going to give you. A paper complaint form that you then leave with the cop. Yeah. No, I don't. To date, the only way to offer a complaint to the police department is to go into the police uh, uh, office and ask for a paper complaint form. Yeah. Yep. That you then hand back to them if if they gave it to you in the first place. All right. So, you know, I'm glad that we are going to have this online version to uh, shout into the void that will be completely ignored. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely an improvement. Um, It is. (laughs) Then we then it can go into an uh, email inbox that never gets read. Yeah. Uh, Recommendation three, reconstitute the police objective review board. Um, So, yeah, the the PORB. has been inactive for some time, and a couple people stated concern about a power imbalance on the board that resulted in board members losing interest in serving. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because like the, the fact time. that they have no power at all? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's an imbalance. <laughs> when one person has all the power <laughs> and the oversight board has no power. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, people were like, like someone addressed the prick, like saying, that that was the case with the porb and mm-hmm. 
that's, sorry. Fucking <laughs> yeah, right. The, well, and it's a shame that's the poor, but because the B in poor, but police objective review board used Could've to be committee. Yeah. It used to be committee, and oh, then the PBA yeah, was like, "Hey, that smells pork." <laughs> and they and, and they yeah. immediately changed it to board. Just so sad. It could have been Fuck pork. You. We could have yeah. had pork. We had pork. It yeah. was called the pork. Yeah. It changed it. Uh All okay. Right. Number four. Design a policy and process to make disciplinary records more easily accessible to the public. I think that we could probably thank David Bang single handedly for uh making this happen they don't have disciplinary they don't make their disciplinary records when you request them you are denied like right david i mean you can tell us about that process yeah so as as, uh currently acting like chair or whatever of the the uh dsa working group on on defunding the police um we've been asked ever since uh 50a um in, in new york state law was repealed by the legislature that essentially uh, makes it possible for the first time to uh, foil request officers disciplinary records. We've been doing so since last summer and yep. they've been denying them, denying them, denying them, like, or just like saying, it'll take another month. It'll take another month. It'll take another month. And then, um, and then finally we just got a dismissal saying um, uh, no such records are found. And then we repeat, we appealed that saying like, here are like, we're asking for officers who like in newspapers is said to have complaints lodged against them like this because they, for example, beat the shit out of someone over how they managed a Facebook group. That's real. (laughs) And, um, uh, uh, and they said, and they said, oh, actually, yeah, that, that was wrong. Um, we do have documents but we believe that uh what we have is not not credible and therefore would be um detrimental to the officer's reputation and is therefore not uh yeah that's the fucking point be released that's the reason we want it so we can do detriment to his reputation because he beat (laughs) the shit out of somebody yeah and even if you're going to do a fucking it, like a Snope style like you know did biden promise us two thousand dollar checks mixed you know yes he did but you Somewhat know true. like yeah. yeah like you could even do that if you wanted to like yeah. if you were if, if someone was really exonerated because like there was just somebody who had it out for this officer who's actually officer friendly like you could fucking put that out there you could be like hey this was the case this was the evidence you know the, you know this is the process we did it for a review the guy was you know exonerated like that wouldn't hurt his reputation if that is the actual concern yeah so anyway, uh, they're going to design a policy, you know, because it needs designing. It's not yeah. like police and disciplinary records exist anywhere outside of Troy. Yep. They can't, Man, you know. Man, you could get the disciplinary records of a fucking bartender at Applebee's, and you can't tell me what that cop who beat the shit out of somebody, what you told him? Like, come on. Like, yeah. I, I, can, but, I can instantly write, like, a 500-word dissertation about, like, why I gave two stars to an Uber driver. <laughs> like that's like instantly all over the place but like yeah the the person like charged with upholding the law no 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 well right. now now cops have to be designers too <laughs> <laughs> add that to the list 
All right. Uh, recommendation five. Provide all police officers with emotionally distressed persons response team training. So they say that they More have training. had this training More for money. years. Yeah, exactly. And they say they've had it for years and they offered on a voluntary basis. And it's a 40 out. It's, quote, intense 40 hour training um, offered by retired Sergeant Eric Weaver. I don't know why that name sounds familiar to me. Either mm-hmm. way, um, it's uh, it, quote, destigmatizes mental illness and provides an array of appropriate responses to individuals needing help in the community. To date, roughly 50 percent of the department has completed the course. This training will become mandatory. And over the next two years, all remaining officers will complete the course. All new officers joining the force will be required to complete the training within two years of joining the force. Two years. So you're going to let cops run around on the street, new cops, for two years before you teach them how to deal with people with mental illness? Yeah. How many people with mental illness are they going to come across in that that two years? I have to renew, like, Title IX uh, laws every year as a professor. Every prof- every year, every single professor has to go over like anti discrimination training mm-hmm. and like workplace safety shit mm-hmm. every single year. I had to get um, and it's hours of stuff. I, yeah, like I- IT uh, and IP protection policy training. Like every six months, I had to watch anti harassment videos about how to not be a scumbag for my workplace. Like every six months, like. like it's not that hard to institution institute uh, system wide training. Yeah, no, it's not. This is the best one, though. This is my favorite one. Recommendation six. Establish a task force to research possibilities to create a crisis intervention team for mental health calls in the city of Troy. Whew, we need a task force to research possibilities to create. To create a crisis Establish intervention. a task force to research possibilities to create. I just don't. Yeah, we got to work right with at- this firm. We got we to gotta work <laughs> with, with this firm for at least another couple of years. <laughs> and it says, presently, TPD responds to 900 to 1,000 mental health calls each year. That's three a day. So, so we've already answered that question about how many <laughs> so mental two, yeah. health uh, issues uh, new officers would, would come across in the two years that they're oh, working for man. the police department. It's 2000. Yeah. And you know what sucks is that, like, this is, this is I think, if I'm, if I'm correct, like, the, the, like the only, one of the only policies that has, like, what was that, like, five different uh, verbs, right? Like, like will investigate to possibly yada 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 right like um and this is the only one that would actually do something because it is the only one that suggests we take powers away from the police department and put it into the hands of like like all that list of things that all police officers have to be like those yep. people exist like there are translators and mental health counselors right like the police don't have to be all these things because we have all of those other things and we yeah. can just like they don't have to be social workers. We have lots of social yeah. workers. Yeah. So uh, we can just do that. But of course, no, we have to come up. We have to like figure that part out with like probably years of expensive consulting fees. Yeah. Right. 
All right. Uh, recommendation seven: establish a diversity and inclusion. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a recommendation seven: establish a diversity and inclusion committee to assist Dick. in recruitment. <laughs> recruitment successful hiring and retention of individuals to make the city's workforce more representative of the demographic makeup of the city and i like that they say this part minorities are woefully underrepresented among the among the ranks of the city workforce including on the police force where they're like it's not just us guys it's not just us it's the whole city this is a citywide problem like yeah well the fucking secretary at the county clerk isn't going out shooting people and then pretending and then covering it up like so, I mean, yeah, there should be better representation across the entire city. But the reason that we are here talking to you today is because you seem to really hate black people. But so I guess like, is this is this uh, are they going to study what happened to Christopher Johnson? And that's how they're going to determine like how to retain individuals who happen to not be fucking white supremacists on the police force well first they have to figure out how to win the lawsuit that proves that they're not racist (laughs) and once once they finish that lawsuit where they don't have to pay like six figures to someone who has been like like i mean like like to be clear this guy is a cop don't want to be his friend no like I also don't think really anybody should be told like hey smile so we can see you because you're in a dark room yeah. A real thing that that person had to deal with. Yeah. So like, yo, motherfuckers were trying to like see nude pictures of this dude's daughter, like teenage daughter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so fucked up. All right. So they want this dick, this diversity and inclusion committee to assist in the recruitment, successful hiring and retention of individuals. So this is it's like, we're going to assist in retaining individuals, not <laughs> fucking changing anything to like make that something that they would want to do on their own i don't know like maybe uh taking people's criticism of individuals that were having a hard time retaining like on face value and like actually change policy like no we need a dick for that we need to get create another committee that is going to assist in keeping them on and you know keeping making sure they get hired it's like motherfucker you don't need a committee for this shit you just need to change what you're doing you need to like admit that you have a fucking problem and then change your fucking behavior well and also like what this basically means this is yet another example of them using more city resources to solve a problem that is internal to the cops because yes. this is going to be a committee of people possibly with a uh, a specific position a diversity and inclusion officer who will work citywide to ensure to to make sure that, um, you know, minority populations are hired and retained. But ultimately, what this means is that they're dealing they're trying to deal with the police department's racism problem by taking more city budget money and giving it to an outside entity that is supposed to somehow make sure that the that the Troy PD gets enough black officers that they stop beating up black people. It is so like just I, I like unfathomable that that's a, a reasonable response to this problem. I don't know. So fucked. Uh, recommendation eight: revamp the. Tr- 
revamp the Troy Police Department website to provide more transparency to the public regarding use of force, (laughs) training, various policies, crime statistics. Yeah, we better see those crime statistics, as well as resources and opportunities available in the community. Okay, so they get a new website. Cool. (laughs) Money, please. Yeah, right. Yeah. So many of these are just like new budget line items for the police department. Yeah, and then and then the, so like the twenty two the twenty twenty two budget is going to have an even larger police budget, and they're going to be like, well, we have to because of the prick. Oh, it keeps going. It keeps like, going. Yeah. Just more yeah, and yeah, more yeah. money. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Provide all police officers with business cards, including name and contact information, for distribution during interactions with the public. I can't fucking believe this doesn't already exist. Yeah. What? How does that not I already mean, exist? They blew their business card budget on uh, MRAPs. And challenge on the fucking What was the goddamn, <laughs> what was that uh, fucking anti-personnel vehicle they have? The, uh, the fucking. Oh, what, 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 the, it was like the like Liberator or something. I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> it was the, uh, the, 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 com- the command peacebringer. Uh, yeah, it was something of the peace. It was like yeah. the. It was like the it was commander like the enforcer of, the of peace or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really dystopian. I don't remember exactly. We have what it a was. tank. We have a tank. Love truck. We have a tank. This is our we don't have truck. business cards. We do not have business cards, but we have a fucking tank. We've and we've been talking about body cams since the fucking Coco Pelli police riot. Yeah, which was like fucking twelve years ago. <laughs> like, this is so fucked. I've been in Troy for so long, and I've seen community uprising after community uprising in response to like horrific shit that the cops brazenly did and got caught on t- on video doing, and like that uh, they still don't have fucking business cards. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 blam let's yeah, bla- yeah we'll bla- slam blast this, yeah. let's blast jam through the rest of these. Some of them are really funny, so we'll have to just pause to laugh. But um, All right. develop a citizen police academy as a means to provide greater oh transparency God. and education regarding policing operations in the Troy Police Department. Make citizen a police, police fan academy. club. Yeah. Let's oh, make this a police is, fan club. Create a committee to research the feasibility of creating a police athletic league or Too a similar styled entity. How? Uh, this is so that How, the cops the can yeah. play basketball with like with the youths with the youths i just want to pause just real fast to just say that the one officer that they uh forced to uh resign they did not fire him they forced to he was forced to resign finally it was like the only thing that ever came close to anything resembling justice from the troy police department was the forced resignation of dominic comital because he decked a little league (laughs) manager yeah, these are the people that you want to go play baseball a, with. Yeah, yeah, this <laughs> motherfucker got drunk at a little league game, and yeah, and, and like, and, yeah, and, and decked the manager, and then as the Green Island police officer or East Greenbush police officer was uh, putting him in the back of his patrol car, he said on camera, "You should work for Troy. You would just get to slap motherfuckers around." Said that. Well, he yep. wasn't used to their cars having cameras, though. So, like in his yeah, defense, that's right. that's you know, yeah, how is he supposed to know he was on tape? Yeah. Yeah. Also, business cards. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> All right. Uh, recommendation 12 create a trauma response team activated for the community. Organizations gather at a traumatic event to help distribute information, but also on, but also to help on site as needed. This is so weird to me. Like, yeah, when, when uh, some people are grieving and there's something really traumatic happening, let's just send a bunch of cops. Uh, it'll make them feel better. Yeah. 
Number 13, convene a work group to <laughs> convene a work group to explore options to divert youthful offenders out of the formal criminal justice system. Okay. Um I'm just yeah. I mean, w- weren't they just saying that they can't be social workers on top of like being, you know, forensic experts on top of being tier 1 operators like Yeah, no, just give them like, more. No one's asking again. for this. Yeah. No one's asking for this. Yeah, we're asking you to do less things. Well, this is not something that they're asking the cops to do. This is something they're telling the city that it needs to do so that okay, yeah. to explore. so you, that fewer you, youths get uh caught up in um the criminal the traps system. that were built for them by the state yeah yeah everything exactly. yeah like it says at the end this this activity goes beyond mere policing but was included based on the passion of the comments while the pd will play a role in this activity it is critically dependent on support from other government entities the passion oh, of the man. comments yeah <laughs> <God>. episode title <laughs> <laughs> all right uh 14 convene a work group to explore options to expand re-entry services this had to do with people getting off getting out of uh incarceration and going on probation and stuff and like they're them getting like fucking nothing so you know that's a that's yeah. probably a good all right another check thing to do. another yeah. check and then uh, number 15, establish an oversight committee to track implementation of prick recommendations, of course. So a committee <sighs> to oversee the working groups and committees that will see if there's a possibility of doing the things that in the preamble of this document say that they can't do. And they'll report to the mayor. Yeah. Who has shown clear and direct interest in changing anything. So, yeah, that's All right. the prick. It does say in the beginning of the document that prior to the uh, collaborative forming, they bought um, body body cameras, uh, dash cams, and um, rear seat cameras, and that the department is in the process of completing configuration and training for implementation of body cameras. Which and, What do you need to train them for? To tell them to not Train say shit. And yeah. On. yeah. Right. And also like the panic button where they hit it if they did anything bad and it's like, oh shit, dodgy tech. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's going to be a review board for investigating um, the people who hit that panic button and the circumstances about it. And then that review board will publish a uh, report, uh, but it'll only be visible to the mayor and the city council. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And as Chris said, in case anyone caught that, we've been talking about body and dash cams for years, like over a decade. Yeah. And and they still haven't done it. Well, they bought them. They're training everybody there. They have to teach all the cops how to uh, turn them off when they need to. Yeah. Now they need to be fucking technologists. God damn, <laughs> they, they got to be videographers. Oh, they have to be God. fucking film directors. Martin Scorsese up in this. <laughs> yeah. So that's the prick. Yeah. Good riddance. Fucking worthless waste of time. And money. And money. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of money. Jesus. All Are right. Are you guys ready well, for a wildflower? Absolutely. Boy, am I. All right, so for our wildflower this week, it's a, it's you know, it's a bit of a half baked wildflower, if you will. <laughs> hey. um, 
the long-delayed uh, legalized cannabis bill in New York State has finally um, – a deal has been struck and a vote is planned for this coming week. The die has been cast. Hopefully. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was really excited about this because it said that there's home grow. Uh, you can have three mature and three immature plants per adult with uh, going up to six and six per household. Yeah. But, Chris – I must not have read this closely enough because now you're telling me it's going to take 18 months for them to allow home grow. Not even that. It's going to take more than that. So, he, all right. So this is so. All right. I have to preface all this with saying that I'm overjoyed that they're finally doing this. Yeah. Like this has been something that Governor Cuomo has promised every year for the last three years, and something that all the other states around us have been doing. And like, for example, Massachusetts, we've sung the praises of their uh, process of uh, legalization. And this is like taking some of the good things about the Massachusetts deal and some of like the, you know, Cuomo's still managing to fuck it up. Um, and so one of the things is that you can grow up to 12 plants, six mature, six uh, immature um, per two adult household for recreational use. But you must wait until at least 18 months after the first legal dispensary opens. Why? So, because we need to keep incarcerating people for pot crimes. Uh, well, I'm going to start this, growing it anyway. Oh, I well, probably shouldn't the, say that. I'll, I'll cut that out. No, we're not. Well, the way I've been trying to describe this <laughs> to my friends that. Is, that, is, that, is that you have 18 months before you can show your garden on Instagram. Yeah, that sounds like what it really means. I mean, they're not going to come like, into my backyard and put me in jail. Like, imagine, though, if, if you know, you were to fucking become the last pot prisoner in New York. Right. Like, how fucking depressing that would be. Like, yeah. I mean, I just, I can't even fucking imagine all this. Like, what is the basis by which they can be like, okay, um, we should stop putting people in labor camps for enjoying or producing an herb, but we need capitalists to make a lot of money off it, and we need that tax revenue to start. So we're going to say, all right, it's moral and just for patients or, you know, citizens to be able to grow their own herbs in their house, but they have to wait and give us an 18-month head start on profiting off of the exclusive production and distribution of this herb. Yeah. Right. Though it, people don't get incarcerated in New York State for possession of marijuana, right? Like it's it, only, well, it, it's, it's only distribution. It's, uh, it's, it, there's a couple differences. One is if it's uh, connected to a DUI type of incident. Like if you're pulled right. over for, you know, um, some, what the cop driving, might, yeah. yeah, as the cop might say is intoxicated driving and they smell weed and they find some, then that can be, you know, a crime and you can be put in jail for that. Also, there you can be put in jail for uh, either, I think, like, notorious use or is that just a fine no it's and all then, citations as far as yeah I know. and then if if you have more than a certain volume then they give you intent to distribute and yeah. they put you in jail for that uh so i think the current law is like one ounce for decriminalization but this law will allow for recreational adult users to have up to three ounces which is a decent amount of pot that's a um, lot of pot it, but if you think about trying to cultivate six mature plants you're going to get more than three ounces. So, 
you know, like this will all end up being like weird carved out stipulations to be like selectively enforced. Uh, you know, just gotta smoke really fast. (laughs) (laughs) Just make dank plumes. Like every other problem, it's solved through dank plumes. We should we should also say that um, there's also a stipulation in the bill that allows um, uh, municipal and county governments to opt out of this. Yes, and and our our favorite sex pest, Steve McLaughlin, is already crowing about how this is an unfunded mandate to counties. Who will have to deal with all the all the people driving around on the devil's lettuce? Yeah, but it's the cities that get to decide, so he doesn't have any say over whether or not we get it. And there, the counties are also pissed because of the sales tax, the four percent sales tax on it. Seventy five percent of that goes to cities and municipalities, and only twenty five percent goes to counties. Oh, I actually saw less than that. Um, it's a thirteen yeah. percent excise tax included in the legislation. Nine percent goes to the state. That's three percent ex- goes to cities, and one percent goes to yeah. But counties. the sales tax, which is four oh, percent, okay. that's the excise uh, tax, okay. which is the sales tax, which is four percent. Seventy five percent goes to cities and municipalities, which is really yeah. cool. Ah, interesting. But yeah, I mean, this guy is getting straight up free money, like one percent of the uh, the the sales tax on this, and he's complaining. He's like, not enough money. We have to, you know, we have to, now we have to be technologists and inventors. We got to create a technology that doesn't exist that can tell whether or not you're high at any given time when you get pulled over by a driver. Like that's going to cost a lot of money. Like we're not supposed to be mechanical Guess what, and dude? electrical people engineers. People are already driving high. Like it's not, you're not going to get more people driving high. People who are going to drive high are definitely already smoking weed. So yeah, like Plus, that's a non-issue. Plus slow. Yeah. And they go very slow. And yeah, if they can't just... open their eyes to see you, then that's how you know. You don't need you don't need uh, technology. Yeah. And plus, the, uh, the if you pull someone over and you think they're high, all you have to do is do the bit from Super Troopers to find out. You don't need any fucking <laughs> special technology. You just need to drive, drive past them backwards. And then you need to get out and you need to tell them and just look them in the eye and say, you are freaking out. <laughs> We, we we're not reinventing the, the wheel here. Well, I think yeah. it's cool. I'm glad that there's going to be home grow. Um, Me too. You know, I'm glad people I'm are going to be able to get. happy for all those people that will be able to do that. Some other people. Hypothetically, some other, <laughs> some other people. Um, I mean, yeah, 18 months. Like, that's going to blink by. Like, fuck, we've almost been in COVID for 18 months, you know? <laughs> but I don't know when the, uh, the first dispensaries are going to open in the state. That's probably... Yeah going to take some amount of time see massachusetts did this in reverse like on day one they were like oh yeah you can grow up to 12 plants per household and uh you just can't sell it and so immediately there were like um delivery services that were like based by big tipping them you know there was no sales at all it was just mm-hmm. like oh well thank you so much for bringing this quarter of weed here's an $80 tip for your services. Thank you very much. And you also had like a home grow culture that just like made awesome weed and all the outdoor weed was seedy, but Hey, free seeds, you know, like it, 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 you know, I don't know. Like that just seems to be the way you would do it. If you were actually focused on justice, like if, if keeping people from being forced into labor camps for enjoying an herb was like the reason that you were, changing the legislation like you just do that first like immediately like you know there's nothing that's going to happen between when the fucking um uh stores open to sell highly priced highly taxed weed and 18 months from then 
that's going to somehow make home grow safer, more equitable, more just. Well, you know, more it'll justified. allow them to collect a lot of taxes, and the state of New York needs revenue. Like, yeah, it's possible true. if this had been passed pre-COVID, that wouldn't be the case. But mm-hmm. the state of New York, it, New York is in a massive def- deficit right now. They're cutting funding for fucking everything, and they probably really need the um, the revenue. And I get that. It would be awesome though if you know there were hundreds of billionaires that lived in the state. Oh wait, oh. there are. There are hundreds of billionaires that live in New York State. I, I, I know there's a way. I'm not, you know, a mathematician here. I'm I'm just an engineer. But (laughs) some back the envelope calculations are uh, showing that there's a lot of untapped uh, resources that could go to, um, you know, funding the state mandates. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good wildflower. It was a a good wildflower. A good cannabis wildflower. You know, it is a wild, it was a wild plant. If you just yeah. throw some seeds, it'll grow. Yeah. It'll grow. Nice, sticky, icky flower. Man-made so, beer. God-made pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to, once again, hype up uh, Keani Conley-Wilson's campaign for City Council District 5. I'm going to put um, their donation information in the show notes, if you could. Throw us a couple bucks. That would be awesome. We are looking at a tough primary. Um, we did get our petitions in, though. And so we, as best I can tell, the ca- the county has not contacted me. So it looks like we are going to be on the ballot for the Democratic primary party line. So, yeah, if you could just throw we have to buy palm cards. We have to buy our literature. We have. We want to throw some events this summer that will cost some cashola. So if you have a couple of bucks to throw at the campaign, we would be so very, very grateful to you. We just put out a baller bonus episode, too, um, on the TikTok cult known as The Garden. So you should check that out. That's a very good episode. The the, uh, the episode art you picked for that was really good. Right? The, uh, yeah. The, the Babylon! Leave Babylon. <laughs> Leave Babylon. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to record. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, on the electoral front, um, there are were two other city council um, uh, candidates that showed up to the speak out in um, the uh, Riverfront Park in response to this bullshit from the prick and the porb. Um, and uh, that is uh, Danielle Collins, who is uh, running for uh, District Council 1, my district, and Marquita uh, Edwards, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Marquita Edwards, who is running for uh, District 6. And so they are also outraged at um, the uh, the prick and the porbs uh, lack of actually doing anything substantial to address the systematic racism and unaccountability lack of transparency of the Troy police and they are running uh, on a campaign to try and change that. And Marquita is uh, in district six and has a primary as well. Yeah. So uh, we'll put Marquita's website in the show notes too. Definitely. And definitely follow Marquita on Twitter as well. Um, So we will post all those websites in the show notes and please go check them out um, and give whatever you can because the Democrats don't really seem to want like, progressives (laughs) like progressive black women in office and i don't understand that it's very boggling it's mind-boggling yeah Um, uh i think danielle collins got a endorsement from uh both the working families and uh the democrats but marquita and uh kiani didn't yep 
or or wait, did Mark Marquita may have? No, no, she didn't. Okay. And yeah, find us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash ironweeds. And thank you so much to our new our new patrons. Welcome. We're glad to have you. Hi. You're and the hottest. You are. You are the most attractive people on the internet. Um, and you can find us on Twitter. Ironweeds Pod. And you can find us on Instagram. Ironweeds Pod. And why don't you shoot us an email at ironweedspod. At gmail.com. We love you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace.